What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Martin. Uh, I think you'll notice that there are no, uh, there's no theme song. Um, well, that is entirely because uh, I was about to record a uh, Mortcast about uh, three days ago, and uh, my Mac uh, that I've got in... Uh, given to me in 2014, just was, eh, let's, let's, uh, my life is over, basically is what it said. Uh, so in that sense, the, my, <laughs> my Mac is done, it's toast. Um, I, in fact, I'm in, in the process of trying to find a place to recycle it, and uh, that's how bad it is. So in order to get out a podcast for you fine folks, I'm having to record this on the voice memo on my iPod. Don't laugh. These iPod touches are amazing. They are, they are amazing. They do everything an iPhone does uh, without the $150 to $200 monthly payment. Uh, it's, it's incredible. Now, the battery life is shit, um, but it, is, it does everything else. And quite frankly, I, I am completely pleased with it. And I'm hoping fingers crossed, that I can upload this via Safari uh, onto Libsyn so you guys can hear this uh, rant about me not having a uh, Mac anymore. So, anyway, the Denver Nuggets uh, had an interesting weekend, don't you think? Um, (laughs) They were able to um, overcome a grueling, knock-down, drag-out best way to put this. One of the most grueling, time-consuming, slug it out, uh, just unbelievable four-overtime game in uh, Portland on Saturday, excuse me, not Saturday, Friday, which they lost, and were able to come back on Sunday and close and down the stretch, uh, beat the Blazers and... uh, uh, Damian Lillard, 116-112. And it was, it was one of those weekends. I mean, I've never seen basketball like that uh, with the Nuggets. In their 2009 playoff run, they basically comfortably got their way through uh, Dallas and the New Orleans Hornets with relative ease. I mean, they beat the Hornets by 58 points in one game, so... And then they were it got to the uh, Western Conference Finals and uh, um, were an inbounds pass, a couple inbounds passes away from uh, maybe doing something special. Uh, this is different. Uh, most of the Nuggets games they've played against San Antonio and the and the, the Blazers so far through where they're going up to eleven games now have been close. Aside from the Nuggets game one uh, victory. And the, their game five, four victory versus the Spurs, and their uh, game three loss, and the game five loss, the Nuggets have really kept every game close. And what I'd like to talk about today in keeping things in context, and you guys all know that I am a, a, a Nuggets historian, and I like to give context to things. Far, far too often we don't have context. Um, that's the, the Twitterization of, of the world. Um, our, we don't give context to anything anymore. 
and we kind of want to have a snapshot. So everything is just in a neat little box. People love boxes right now. And I love to give a big example of why things are a certain way. And in order to do that, you need to have provide historical context. And I want to specifically talk about what Nikola Jokic is doing in this playoff run and how historically it, it only compares to one other person in Nuggets, Nuggets history. Um, first, we'll start with Jokic. <coughs> I want to point out two plays that Jokic did, um, Jokic did, that Jokic uh, pulled out in, the, in game four, and they were both to Will Barton, uh, and they were both in the closing minutes. I believe they both occurred within four minutes of the, uh, of the end of the game. And they are both an example of how Nikola Jokic is emerged as a superstar in these playoffs. Um, in fact, let's just forget about the two. They're both three-pointers by Will Barton, but let's kind of focus on one specific one. And I believe it was Will Barton's second three uh, in that stretch. Um, I believe the Nuggets were up at that time by two, or maybe one, one or two. And uh, there was the end of the shot clock. Jokic is, you know, everyone's covered. And I could see him diagnose the play in real time. Jokic understood where everyone was, understood where Will Barton was, and and this is and people associate an egalitarian, altruistic thing with Nikola Jokic. It, that is not true. That has never been true. Jokic knows the guys that can shoot, and he knows the guys that have confidence. First and foremost, let's not ascribe something that isn't there with Nikola Jokic. He knows what he's doing, and he knows these guys uh, back to front. Um, let's let's remove. Jamal Murray from this for a second because he had a tremendous game and basically showed that he is once again, as I pointed out in a podcast a couple weeks ago, he is 1A. He is not he is not uh, a co-star okay, to Nikola Jokic. Let's remove that for a second. Jokic takes two dribbles towards the lane in this play. Uh, and he does the sideways dribble thing that he does where he kind of lowers his shoulder a little and you know he's kind of trying to try to get physical leverage. Seth Curry, I believe it was covering Burton at the time, takes two steps towards the lane. It, it, once Curry got to that second step, Jokic fired the ball over to Will Barton, who nailed that three-point shot. Um, he deduced that. He saw it in real time. I think there were four players converging on Jokic at the same freaking time uh, in that play. Jokic sees it immediately. Boom. And it wasn't, it wasn't one of those things where, I mean, Patrick Ewing used to struggle to throw out of double teams. Um, he would wait. And, and you know, he, he wouldn't see the double team coming. He would wait. What Jokic has done in these playoffs is seen where, the, where the, the gang up, in this case, was coming from as it was happening rather than waiting for it to happen. And in that sense, it made the play even better. Now, he threw it out to Barton, and we all know Barton has had a bad, what I would describe as one of the worst playoffs I've ever seen from a, from a 
major player. And what has happened, though, is that in the last two games, Barton kind of started getting his mojo back. And what, what he's been able to do, Jokic, is look at Barton and say, this guy's got it going. He, he is very selective. He does not pass to everyone. He passes to a guy he knows has something going. And that pass was always intended to go to Will Barton. He wanted it to go to Will Barton, saw Will Barton from the beginning, standing in the corner. And it wasn't a calcul- it wasn't numbers. It was like, okay, this guy he needs to have the ball. He did, the pl- did, did something exactly that he knew was going to get Will Barton the ball in the corner. Passed it to him, boom, nuggets up by four. It was, it was a, and, and I think it was four or five. God. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get my memory tuned up here. But it was, anyway, um, that play was an example of Nikola Jokic, the superstar, because no one, ain't no one else is doing that uh, right now. It was a very LeBron James-esque thing to do, uh, and even LeBron would generally look to score in that 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 situation if he was going to to do it himself. Uh, it was extremely unique. Jokic ended up with a triple-double, uh, and he has four triple-doubles so far in these playoffs, and he has three near triple-doubles. Um, it's been quite amazing, and this is a superstar behavior. The last time we saw a player with this sort of gravity, quote-unquote, was David Thompson in the 1978 playoffs. Uh, Thompson, that wasn't, uh, that was not Thompson's best playoff run. His best playoff run occurred in 1976 uh, in the, when the Nuggets went to the ABA Finals versus the New York Nets. Uh, but this was close in 78, and the Nuggets haven't had a player with that much gravity since then. Uh, Thompson would do it differently. Thompson was such a dynamic offensive presence that, especially, specifically when we're talking about 1970s basketball, uh, he was able to uh, get himself, him, what he was, he, Thompson was able to get his. And by getting his, with relative ease, he would draw people to him. And other plays would be made. And the perfect guy for that situation back then was Dan Issel, who was never a superstar, but he was a, he was a star uh, and uh, a Hall of Famer. And that was a perfect compliment to uh, David Thompson. Um, who, and his gravity, quote unquote, and that's a phrase that I got to give credit. I I got to give credit. I first heard it from Adam Mares. So uh, Adam, if you're listening to this, uh, credit due to you. Um, I I generally don't describe things that way, but I you got know, got to hand it to you. That's a, the correct term there. The Nuggets, the Nuggets' gravity with Jokic is similar um, to what Thompson did in a different way. It's it's, it's similar, but not the same. Thompson uh, was, and I describe him as the Nuggets' only superstar, and he had a very brief, and I would describe it as a four-year journey of absolute amazingness, and then a three-year descent into horrible, horrible drug addiction. But his, his ability to play like that was unparalleled in Nuggets' history, Alex English didn't have that kind of gravity because his scoring was extremely quiet. And he was a stealthy, stealthy, stealthy assassin. Uh, his, he scored 46 versus the uh, 
uh, Houston Rockets in 1986 in Game 6. It's the game that Houston ended up closing out the Nuggets. But he went toe-to-toe with uh, um, Akeem Olajuwon. And uh, Nuggets should have won that game. And, you know, quite frankly, I think the Nuggets were the better team that series. Um, they just, it was, it was not meant to be like a lot of the Nuggets 80s playoff ventures. Um, and then his, then English's 1985 run in the playoffs where he kept scoring over 40 points, <laughs> 30 to 40 points was amazing. Um, and, it, but it wasn't the same, you know, Jokic and Thompson are kind of in a unique category in Nuggets history. Nuggets have not, and why I'm bringing this up is that the Nuggets, and specifically us as Nuggets fans, have not seen this, this sort of thing for ages. It's been a long time. And I think we all need to sit back and appreciate exactly what Nikola Jokic has been able to accomplish. There has been no player in the NBA during this, these playoffs has been better than Nikola Jokic. Some of you may say Kevin Durant. Uh, Durant's had a great one. But Jokic has done it in a different way, and it's so unique. And people still obsess about his weight. I have been guilty of that myself. I've described him as Elmer's glue, uh, a bottle of Elmer's glue. Um, but quite frankly, it's, it does a disservice to him, and I need to correct myself there. Uh, it is unfair, and it's an obsession that, that is keeping people from really appreciating him. Uh, he is a... He is something that everyone, everyone as uh, basketball fans needs to sit back and just take in and appreciate because I don't think we allow ourselves to appreciate him at all or enough. What he has done is special, and despite me cajoling him sometimes to be more aggressive, particularly after game one against the Spurs, uh, he's stepped up. He has stepped up so big and so wonderfully that um i think nuggets fans you need to i mean if you don't already you need to really appreciate this guy along with jamal murray who the last two games despite being still injured and and someone pointed out to me uh and to me and then i heard i believe it was harrison wind uh who may have said this um sometimes i think jamal needs to be injured in order to in order to play better uh, he seems to come out more aggressively when he's got things stacked against him, like injuries or people counting him out. Some, he's a guy that, I mean, he's kind of an, an emblematic of the 1994 Nuggets playoff run where they staved off, uh, I believe it was six elimination games um, until the, so finally succumbing in the seventh one to uh, um, uh, become... Um, you know, one of the greatest runs in Denver Nuggets playoff history, um, then uh, Jamal Murray kind of needs that. He's got that mentality. He needs, he's got to be, he's, for some reason, he has to have that other thing. He's got to have, he's got to have that uh, thing to rail against. And he has stepped up so big the last two games. 34 points in this last game. And quite frankly, uh, those six, free throws that he hit down the stretch were fucking nails. And uh, there's no one I want on the free throw line. I mean, Nikola Jokic had a chance to tie the game uh, in game uh, four in the fourth overtime and clanked his first free throw. Um, 
that was unfortunate. Um, but the Nuggets, uh, you know, they were able to get Jamal Murray the ball, which is something that they sometimes struggle with. They were able to get to get their best free throw shooter the ball. And a guy who is going to step up and pressure moments, pressure-filled moments, to hit down that thing. And quite frankly, that is why I describe him as the 1A and not the uh, supporting player. Um, there is nothing supporting about Jamal Murray. Uh, he is emerging, uh, if he could nail down his consistency, he is emerging as a guy who is becoming that guy. And I think that we need to appreciate that as well. Uh, Jamal Murray has really, really emerged. Uh, in doing so, he has really displayed a sense, and it's particularly the last two games, a, a sense of the uh, knowing what the moment means. A lot of young guys, when they get into the playoffs, believe it or not, this is totally true, a lot of them will tell you they don't understand what it means to be in the NBA playoffs. Uh, a lot of them come from college where it's a one-and-done tournament, and a lot of times you're on a team that just gets one, one victory boom, uh, or one loss and boom, you're out. Uh, in the playoffs, it's a grueling, tense series of games against the same opponent, and it's a completely different thing. It is you don't you don't know it until you get there, and Jamal Murray for his first playoffs, I think now is starting to get what it means to be in the playoffs and what it's all about. And as Nuggets fans, I think we should all be extremely extremely thrilled, regardless of how this the whole playoff experience finishes. Let's face it, whether it's Houston or uh, Golden State, the Nugget the odds of the Nuggets winning are, are slim, um, but. And then what we're seeing right now is a, a bright, incredible future. And that incredible future is led by a superstar and someone who could potentially be a superstar in Jamal Murray. Think about that for a second. When, when have we, we had that in Nuggets history? Closest we've come is David Thompson and Dan Issel uh, from 1975 to 82. Think about that. It's pretty exciting, folks. All right, getting you ready for Game 5, which is tomorrow. Uh, I will be there. So if anyone anyone wants to come by and say hi to, to me, uh, I sit at the top of Section uh, 144 uh, at the press table. I'll be sitting next to uh, Matt Moore, Harrison Wind, and uh, Adam Marez, and I think Brendan Vogt and TJ McBride. So we'll all be up there. Come say hi. Uh, I'd love to say hi to you guys. I mean, a lot of you people known me from my Denver Stiffs days back in the day. So I would love to say hi to you guys and uh, uh, cheer on the Nuggets. So thank you all for joining me on this latest Mortcast, and I'll be talking to you later. Hopefully this uploads. Goodbye.